Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hi, everyone. I'm Darren Javad, uh, chair of DivorceNet and host of Clean Break, the podcast. And thank you so much for joining us today. We, uh, we have a guest on the show, and I'm here today with Tina Murray, the vice chair of DivorceNet and uh, co-host of the show. Hello, Tina. How are you today? Good morning, Darren. I'm great. I always kind of stumble through that sometimes, yeah, but it's okay. Yeah. We kind of okay. we change it up every now and then, That's right? Good. Get people off guard so yeah. it's not recorded. Yeah. But we have a fantastic uh, yeah. guest today. Yeah. Uh, who's that? Right up my alley. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Pamela George. Uh, she is a financial literacy and credit counselor. She started her business, uh, Pamela George Financial Literacy. And this is really interesting. I, I like this a lot because she wanted to support women on their journey to financial healing and self-reliance. So uh, welcome to the show this morning. Thank Pamela. you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, just to give us a little snapshot of who you are. Okay. Well, I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago. It's the country where we have perpetual summer. I like to say that oh. to my <laughs> Canadian friends and clients, perpetual summer. Uh, I moved to Canada, Ottawa, Canada, um, about 13 years ago. Okay. I moved for love. Oh, <laughs> that's, I, I, that's sweet. I, well, you'll say it differently when you hear I divorced in five years after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, I've remarried. I, I say I came for love and I stay for love as well because right. I remarried and to a wonderful man and things are good. And I came to Canada having you know many years um, work experience. I worked in England. I worked back home in Trinidad. Coming to Canada and trying to find something in my field was tough which really had, you know, lack of Canadian experience and all of that. But I did manage to land a really good job at Algonquin College as a financial aid officer. So I was exposed to working with students and their parents, you know, to find money for school and loans and financing post-secondary education. And that's where my interest in, in this whole financial thing started, because whereas in Trinidad, we don't have access to credit as we do here in Canada. Mm. We don't have a lot of debt, a lot of student loans and all of that. I came to Canada and I'm realizing people are in debt primary, at that time primarily because of student loans and I was shocked. That was something very new for me so it really I got curious and I started doing some research. And then I realized there's nobody teaching about credit yeah. Yeah. and debt. And, and yes, it might be great to take a, a $75,000 loan for school, but you got to pay it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, got, I was under the impression at that time that students weren't aware that it needs to be paid back. Mm-hmm. And you can well be paying back student loans into your 40s or 50s. So I started a, a project with Algonquin College where I was doing free financial literacy courses. Great. But after a couple of years, I, um, I realized I was doing something that wasn't aligned with my values. I was encouraging people to take loans or SAP loans. Right. And it started to just grate against what I like and what I value and what I believe in. And that's when I started to look elsewhere for another job that was more aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, I landed a job as a credit counselor. Mm-hmm. which um, was nice. I was helping people get out of debt. But the thing with credit counseling, um, it did meet my, did match my values more than the other job, but something was missing. We weren't educating these people. 
say that, okay, so you're in debt, we're going to help you get out of debt, but let's work on getting you, um, like, not coming back yeah. into debt. Yeah. And we weren't doing that. Change the behavior. Change mm -hmm. the behavior. We weren't doing that. And then I was realizing as well that there was a bit of a push to get people to do a certain type of debt reduction, okay. and which may or may not have been in their best interest. Mm, that's good. So, yeah. So you said about a year and a half ago, yes. you went out on your own. And, and, and so what is your primary focus uh, in your business now? Okay, so my, yes, a year and a half. So January 2018, I started my business, Pamela George Financial Literacy. And I pride myself in saying uh, my business offers unbiased and impartial financial advice. Mm -hmm. What that means is um, you have debt. There are about eight ways you can pay down that debt. Eight. Eight. Wow. Right? Because I think uh, quite a few times, quite often listeners will hear about one or two, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, wow. So eight. Yeah. That's a big number and that I didn't even know there yeah. was eight ways. Yeah, it so. is. You go to a bank, they're going to tell you the best way is a consolidation loan. Okay. Or to refinance So maybe something. for listeners, what is that? A consolidation loan, as an example, let's say you have five credit cards. Mm -hmm. They're going to say, take a consolidation loan, which is a regular loan mm -hmm. to pay off your credit cards and what they're going to do they're going to say those credit cards are 19 20 25 percent but the loan you're getting might be 10 percent mm -hmm. so let's consolidate all the credit card debt into one loan right my philosophy is you don't get out of debt by acquiring new debt okay <laughs> you don't do that um so the banks will say the best way to do that you go to a mortgage company they're going to tell you you have equity the best way is to refinance that right. you go to a trustee they're going to tell you the best way for, to get out of that debt it's a consumer proposal. Mm -hmm. You go to credit counseling, they're going to say the best thing is a debt management program, which is quite similar to a consumer proposal. Mm -hmm. Same damage to your credit, everything, but um, they're going to tell you it's the best way. Okay, so let's back up on that because you uh -huh. used some pretty pretty deep lingo there. Yes. And I, and I, I want to make sure that the mm -hmm. listeners understand what you're talking sure. about. So talk, tell us a little bit about consumer proposals. A consumer proposal is a legal arrangement you make through a trustee with your creditors. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have $100,000 in debt. The trustee will go and negotiate on your behalf. And they're going to say, my client, they can only afford 50 cents on a dollar. Okay. The creditors might say, nope, we'll take 60 cents on a dollar. And there's a bit of you know, going Negotiating. back. Yeah. Um, eventually, they may set, they will settle on a figure, and whatever that amount is from a hundred thousand, it might be sixty thousand. That is then divided into sixty monthly payments, so five years. Okay. And you pay that every month for the next five years. And no, no interest. There's so, no interest. Right. It, it stops. stops. Yeah, it yeah. Stops. stops the yeah. interest. Um, you take a big hit on your credit though. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's an R nine, which is bad. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, sometimes it's an R eight. It depends on the type of debt, but yeah, R seven or R nine actually. Yeah. Maybe you could explain that. What is okay. an R nine? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I know, and, and the reason I'm saying that is when I was in my twenties, mm -hmm. uh, I remember I had some friends around me after we all got into university, oh. and the only financial advice we got was, "Would you like a credit card?" Right. Okay. So that was the financial advice mm -hmm. I was given when I was going to university. But I found in my 20s when I got out of school, that's when I really had to focus on, you know, like, do I want to buy a house? Do I want to get mm -hmm. myself financially, you know, in a good position? Mm -hmm. And I saw people around me in my same age group that had, were going through bankruptcy mm -hmm. and, and, and learning about their credit scores, okay. which to me was like, what the heck? what's a credit mm -hmm. score? I didn't even know it existed. Right. Yeah, yeah. But then that was what, probably the first time I ever heard of an R9. And maybe you could tell us about that. Okay, so an R9, and 
just to correct what I said earlier on, I said a consumer proposal is an R9. It's actually an R7. My apologies. Okay. So an R9 is what you get on your credit report when you file for bankruptcy. Okay. That's the worst thing you can have on your credit report. Right. R9, yeah. right? Um, an R7, there's no R8. I don't know why. <laughs> there's no R8. <laughs> but an R7 is what you get on your credit report when you do a consumer proposal or a debt management program. Okay. All right. What you, you ideally what you want is an R1. Mm-hmm. And there's also another scale. So this R1 is just one, R1 to R9 is just a scale. R1 is the best, R9 is the worst. Um, there's also the numbering system where it's from 300 to 900. Mm-hmm. This is the credit score you're the talking about? The credit score, okay. exactly. So you're three, 400, 500, that's the numbers you have when you do a bankruptcy. Okay. Right? Wow. You probably or can, consumer proposal. Or consu- consumer proposal or could cre- probably get you like a 5-6. I've seen that. Yeah. Um, a debt management program, um, five, six hundred as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but ideally, you want nine. You want eight. Between 750 and 900 is what you're aiming for. That's so 900 right. is a perfect score. Perfect. I've never seen a perfect score. I have seen <laughs> you one. Have. I have. I've never seen I one. have a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Husband was 899 and wife was 900. Wow. I Fantastic. Was, I was like blown away and the husband was all mad because he... <laughs> I know. Why does she have a better score than me? It was this. Some, it was. It was like probably one of the best days of my life. <laughs> the thing with the nine hundred, it's it's hard to come across because when you move your when your address changes, that affects your score. Wow, so I didn't you, know that. Yeah, yeah. If you move, I mean, tiny bits, but if it just affects it by three, you three no longer points. have nine hundred, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. have it, right? So, um, so you move. You you don't have a landline. Believe it or not, not having a telephone at home would affect that. Really? Yes. I have ne- never, never Little knew that. things like that, or, or just disconnecting your phone because it's no longer reporting on your credit report. All of that will just tweak it and reduce it just a little bit. Wow. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear you. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in the industry and I've never yeah. seen a yeah yeah, 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 it was awesome. It was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> My wife and I like challenge each other every month because we get a, a monthly credit score mm-hmm. update and we're always usually between about uh, seven and ten points of each other. Yeah, yeah. So we'll like go back and forth. Yeah. And say, yeah. Do you pay for that monthly? Uh, no, I get it for free actually. Um, there's a service. Account? Yeah, well, it's uh, I go through Borowell, and yeah. and I mean it's. The thing about credit, the thing about the, the and I, I know we're totally off topic here, yes. so we we really need to bring it back in. So I should just shut up. <laughs> no, 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 but, 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 no, 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 but the thing about it is that, and, and this is from a mortgage perspective, mm-hmm. um, when I pull a credit bureau, it's going to look different than when Darren pulls his own credit bureau mm-hmm. on this Borowell, mm-hmm. right? And so that's sort of some people will say, well, my credit score is this, and then I go ahead and pull it, and it's different. And it could right. be higher or lower, mm-hmm. it, it, but it's going to look different for borrowing purposes mm-hmm. than it does for consumer uh, they're just consumer knowledge purposes right so i think for me it's just watching it once a month to see if there's a dramatic like like swing right you know because if something happens i'm like i can try to get on as quickly as possible well and 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 fraud happens right Mm -hmm. so knowing knowing what's on your credit bureau helps right just because i i've had instances where um clients have had some fraudulent things happening Mm -hmm. and you know we pull a credit bureau in september and nothing happens until say february and Mm -hmm. so you have to Repull a bureau, and in that time, somebody has fraudulently done something against them, mm-hmm. and and has dramatically affected it. So ha- having your own personal credit bureau done once in a while, mm-hmm. is I a actually good thing. I suggest to my clients that they pull their credit report once a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a nerd, <laughs> financial nerd, so I do it on my birthday. I get up, 
I have my coffee and I pull my credit report and my birthday. That way I'll never forget to do That's it. Right. And I compare it to the year before. I don't do the monthly subscription thing. Mm -hmm. I feel it's a bit too much. Mm -hmm. And um, so once a year I, I review it, make sure everything is fine. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing that consistently, it, it does get easier. Yeah. And quite frankly, I'm excited to see what my score is every year. Mm -hmm. um, if you, and it does cost though, you pay 25 bucks for that. Right, yeah. for that yeah. one. Yeah. But yeah. we're all entitled to one free credit report every year. Hmm. Tina, you just mentioned mm -hmm. something about time. Um, how much how much time is the R9 you just talked about in the R7? How long does that stay on your credit score? Everything stays on your credit uh, report for about six years. Mm -hmm. So when you do a consumer proposal, debt management program, bankruptcy, it will stay on. It falls off automatically after six years. Okay. Okay. So I want to kind of switch topics a little mm -hmm. bit um, because I know that you, you know the, the credit counseling aspect is, mm -hmm. is is a part of your business, mm -hmm. but you really really love the just the financial literacy, oh, yeah. and and mm -hmm. you you mentioned something um, off camera before we got started about how um, um, more and more women are coming to you when they're going through divorce. Um, and not that that was sort of your niche to start, but it seems like you're the woman. <laughs> you're the person that, that a lot of women specifically are going to for um, for help just to get their finances in order, make sure, whether they have debt or not, mm -hmm. just to make sure that they're prepared to enter into this separation or this divorce. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, so I am big on financial literacy. Mm -hmm. So much so I wrote a book, I'm not sure if you all know, it's called Three Little Piggy Banks, Financial Literacy for Children. Awesome. <laughs> From age four to about eight. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll have to get the link for that. Yeah, yeah okay, absolutely. Cool. But financial literacy, I, I grew up with a mom who couldn't read or write back in Trinidad, right? Um, you spelled her name on a big banner and she wouldn't know it's her name. It's just mm. that bad. But you couldn't take a penny from her without her knowing. She was so good. I remember. That's awesome. I remember I was about nine years old and I decided to spend 25 cents to buy a cake. I love cake even now. But anyway, <laughs> and I, I bought the cake, ate it before I got home. Yes. And, and no evidence. Because in my mind, I knew at that point she couldn't read or write. I knew what that was. Right. So I thought she couldn't count money either. Oh. And I got home and she's like, where's the 25 cents? What 25 cents? <laughs> anyway, she figured it out and she trained me the way Trinidadian mothers train uh. children. <laughs> Which is another topic. Yes, yes. Another topic. Yes. I never stole after that though. <laughs> but uh, she was always good with money. Um, Interesting. Always all good with money. She had nine kids. She, um, her husband left when we were all young. She started her own little roti shop in Trinidad with some nice Indian food by the way mm -hmm. and built a house cash no mortgage wow worked really hard took care of her kids but she lost it all because she met someone she fell in love mm. and she just trusted him to do everything for her so I saw a woman strong independent woman doing half of stuff together and then just lose it all mm. and you know, as a child, I was angry and I couldn't understand. Now, as a, as a woman looking back, I see it. She fell in love and she did what a lot of women do, including myself in my younger years. We feel that our love and money, it, it, it's, it has to be like this. It has to be mingled. One and, and the same. One and the same. And that's not true. And women come to me now because <laughs> they do exactly that. Maybe not to the extent that my mother did, but that's what happens. They get into a relationship and everything is in one you can't when you try to separate that from at least from me financial um area it's just it's, it's too intermingled 
So what I started to do, and I didn't mean to just focus on women. In fact, I wasn't just focusing on women, but women started to come to me because they can relate, I guess. But I started to educate women on how to stand strong and independent and self-reliant in their money, mm. and women like that, right? Mm. So now they have autonomy, they have independence, they don't have to account for everything that they spend, they have their own money while still contributing to the family household income. Right. And that, I think that is so important. We need to not lose our identity as women, even mm -hmm. though we're in love and in, in a marriage and we mm -hmm. have kids. We start, still need to stand and be independent in mm -hmm. terms of that, and that's what I push for. Mm -hmm. okay. my, my mission is I say I support women on, their, on, financial, on the journey of financial healing and self-reliance. Being self-reliant with your money to me is huge. Mm -hmm. We need to stop relying on men, no offense, Darren, no, but right. I, <laughs> I, I find women, we just kind of brush it off, oh, he's good at the money, he's good at managing the money, but you know what I've noticed, most times you guys are not, because when I look at the finances, the men who did these women say, he's good at the money, no, he was good at keeping it from you, right. that he wasn't doing a good job, That's quite but a lot of times we are intimidated by, oh, the numbers, I don't get the numbers, it's too hard, mm -hmm. and we just let somebody else do right. it, and I want to stop that. Right. So let's get to some uh, let yes. some really core uh, ideas that can help people, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm hoping that people understand a little bit about the credit score. So that's all good. It's important mm -hmm. about money management. So let's talk about tips. Mm -hmm. There's some good some good uh, ideas that you can give some of the listeners to mm -hmm. where to start. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when it comes to financial management, it all starts with a budget. I know mm -hmm. everybody has become the dreaded B word. Nobody wants to hear about budgeting. I love budgets. I get excited about budgeting. But <laughs> you I'm a financial do. nerd. You do. Oh, oh, I do. It's, 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 the, it's, it's the, the starting point of your GPS, it's right? The like starting it, point. You have to know where you are before you can tell where you're going to go, exactly. right? So, yeah. 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 so you need to know what your income is. You need to know what you're bringing in. Mm -hmm. I can't begin to tell you how many people you ask them, um, what, what was your last paycheck amount? And they don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't know what go in. They don't know what comes out. Nothing like that. So I usually say, print off your last piece up or the last two and look at it. See what actually goes into the bank. And the reason they don't know how much they get, because they're living on credit and they're living on that overdraft and the credit card and the bank account, in, out, in, out, they don't really know how much they're working for. So the first thing, know what your monthly income is. Mm -hmm. The second thing is try and figure out what your expenses are. If your expenses for that month is more than what you brought in, you're in a budget deficit, mm -hmm. which is never good. What mm -hmm. it probably means, you may not know it because you're relying on credit and lines of credit and credit cards, but at the end of the day, you are spending more than you're bringing in. You can't do that. That's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So it starts with a budget. Yeah. I usually, I, the way I usually promote it myself mm -hmm. is I tell people, you know, um, Money's like water through your fingers, mm -hmm. right? And and it, it, it goes through very quickly and easily in small amounts. So one of my big my favorite lines is I don't care if you drink your coffee at Tim Hortons or if you drink it at Starbucks. The point is is know how much you're spending on that coffee mm -hmm. in small amounts every week. Because I did a little exercise, I think I told you about this. I counted so Tim Hortons raised their price twice in six months, and that kind of irked me. Because it was small amounts, but I was like, Well, you know, still ten cents over yeah. six months is quite a bit. So I ran the numbers. And it ended up being $30 a year in an increase, which was literally only a $0.10 cent increase. 
And I looked at that and I thought, geez, I wonder how much it works out to over the entire year. So then I multiplied, you know, five to six coffees a week without any donuts or food or anything, mm -hmm. just five to six coffees a week, you know, what does that up, add up to? And it was $540. Oh, yeah. And so immediately my mind was like, what could I do with $540? That is like a few weeks of groceries mm -hmm. at least, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So. I think that educated me to say it's the small little cuts that you That's don't right. realize That's that right. erode your budget. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. And and you know and and again we we've already been given the signal that we're done time. Um. <laughs> and so we're gonna have to have you back very soon. Um. I'd love that. But um, the debit card is mm -hmm. the death of the budget. It is. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that. Mm -hmm. I've been in the financial industry. Yeah, we all have them. I mean, it's on the back. Just that. You yeah. know. Um. We no longer budget because it's so easy. Even our children. Well, just 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 use your card mom yeah, just yeah. use your card mom you know but dad just use your card so i tell my clients when they're working with me the first three months cash only mm. go to the bank take the money out touch and feel your money right it's hard to give away 20 dollars right. whereas it's easy to just top yeah it's good so point. easy that's a really yeah. good point yeah. Yeah. I, yeah i i have maintained like 20 over 20 some odd years in the financial industry mm -hmm. that the that the debit card was the death of the budget because yeah. you know our parents Right, our they parents. Cash. Oh God, yeah. Cash, and right. they have money. <laughs> yeah. And the banks closed at three o'clock on or yes. four o'clock on a Friday and didn't right. open again until Monday. Right. So you had to, like, I remember my dad walking around with a wad of cash for the yeah. weekend because he had nowhere to get it. Because you had to go, you had to pay for cash. Yeah. It's just. And when the pocket was empty, then you had, had nothing left. Yeah, when it's done, left. it's done. And when I tell my clients they have to live on cash for three months, oh, they complain. I don't want to do that. It's so inconvenient. What if the house burns down? The money burns. <laughs> they, you know, they make up stuff, make right? Make up stories, yeah. 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 They don't like people don't like using cash. I've realized, and cash that it's money. It's our money. It's real money. It's not the plastic money that you're tapping. Mm -hmm. We need to we need to start holding and feeling. It's our emotional money when it's yeah. cash. Mm -hmm. It's not emotional when it's a piece of True. plastic. Exactly. They take the emotions yeah. out of it. Yeah. Pamela, I have another question. I'm sure <laughs> listeners are wondering right now. You know, uh, you sound amazing. You, all this advice is there. It doesn't come for free, though, right? No. So yeah. why don't you tell us just a little brief amount uh, about about how do you, how do you get paid? Okay. So they understand that. So my clients pay me. I right. don't get commissions for anything that I sell. I don't sell anything. I'm right. not licensed to sell any products. Right. So I have a financial breakthrough program, which is for six months, mm -hmm. and uh, it starts at 1,800 mm -hmm. for an individual. If you're a couple, it's 2,500. Mm -hmm. If you're a business owner and you need help with your business finance as well, figuring it out, mm -hmm. it's $3,000. Okay. It's either paid upfront or in monthly installments for six months, and I'm HSC registered, so it's that price plus HSC. Great. What that means do I work for my client? You pay me, I work for you. I'm not pay. I'm not being paid by somebody who's going to give me a commission right. when I send you their way. And, and so I take you're unbiased. Pride in that. Yeah, unbiased, so you're completely unbiased. Unbiased like and impartial. Yeah. So yeah. do you advise people on like investments or just sort of the whole financial picture of their the life? The whole financial yeah, picture. So if somebody like has $50,000 they want to invest, we go through everything. Okay, do you want to buy RRSPs, mutual funds? Do you want to in real estate? Mm -hmm. What do you want to do with this? Do you want to pay off debt? Do you want, what I go through everything. Nice. Right, and when we decide, and in, in deciding that, we will talk to industry experts, and then when the client decides what's best for them, mm -hmm. then they go their way, and I have a list of people I send them to, mm -hmm. and again, there's no commission or no kickbacks from them. Mm -hmm. Love that. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I love transparency. Yeah. I'm like, to me, I, everything should be seen through a window. Agree. Period. Right, mm -hmm. because if you know, if you're not hiding anything, mm -hmm. then you should have no. 
worry about mm -hmm. about disclosing it all, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. So yeah. uh, let people make their own choices, I right? Yeah. Um, so tell us how people can get connected with you. Okay, so I have my website. It's PamelaGeorgeFinancialLiteracy.com and my email is admin at PamelaGeorgeFinancialLiteracy.com mm -hmm. or you can text or call at 613-407-1478. Perfect, and soon to be on the DivorceNet website, I hear. Yeah, so that would be awesome. Forward to that. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> you sound like a really great resource for our for our uh, our clients. And, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you for coming in today. Thanks great. very much for having yes. me. Yes. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. DivorceNet.ca, expert advice made simple.